Well, the least surprising news of the week, the Fed's Jerome Powell used this Jackson Hole speech to talk about how they will be using average inflation as the Fed's target from now on, which means low interest rates for longer, presumably. Much, much longer, probably. Meanwhile, in the United States, there's still a lot of people unemployed, whilst others are buying houses. Uh, We'll look at also Australia's private capex numbers from yesterday, and why the local economy seems to be so much slower to pick up than the US. And Europe is getting its confidence back, too. It's Friday, the 28th of August, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is up a bit. It's uh, up over half a percent against the Japanese yen. The pound and the euro both down a little. The Aussie dollar up 0.4%. The Kiwi dollar up 0.3%. US stocks are up. What a surprise. A 1% rise in the down, 0.4% for the S&P 500. But big falls in Europe. The euro stocks 50 and uh, the FTSE 100 both down about 0.8%. Bonds have shown the uh, most movement, thanks to Jerome Powell's speech at Jackson Hole. US 10-year Treasury yields up five basis points. 30 years are up eight points. Uh, WTI crude is down 1.1%, even with Hurricane Lara potentially cutting supplies, although it's not as bad as first feared by all accounts. And Comex Gold down 0.8%, although it did briefly rise up. 1.7% during the session. So Jackson Hole has commenced virtually, and a virtual David DeGarris from NAB in London mm. is here to talk about it. I, I, I'm, I'm with you virtually. You, you so. were always virtual on this show, though, aren't we? Uh, no big surprise, because uh, we have Jay Powell saying the Fed is now looking at an mm. inflation target that would see an average of 2%. Mm. So it could go higher. For, I mean, if we're yes. talking averages, it yeah. could go higher for quite a while because it's been below 2% for quite a while. It depends yeah. over what period they're talking the average is going to be based on. Yes, well, uh, they do have a little bit of a discretion that way. But, um, yeah, this was the uh, Fed's monetary policy framework review, Phil. So this really sets the you know strategic goals as far as inflation and employment are concerned. So... You know, super important. It's it's really the guiding light for uh, for Fed policy. Obviously, tactically, you know, things uh, mm. change along the way. So, what have they done? Well, they've reaffirmed their two percent inflation objective. You know, using the PCE deflator, which incidentally is another edition of that will be out uh, tonight. Yeah, tonight. We'll get to that yeah. in a few minutes, perhaps. Um, but also with a twist, which as you say. Um, an, an average inflation measure. So, as you said, you know, we've had something like a decade of undershoots and uh, not only does that, the read through, through from that, you know, average inflation, therefore, you know, you're going to have overshoots. Explicitly, the, um, the, the, the do- new document says appropriate monetary policy will likely aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time. So, in other words... They're aiming mm. to get inflation above 2%. So it's not like the ECB that wants to get it closer to, but still below 2%, and then you jam on the brakes. It's not like that at right. all. But it's, uh, excuse me if I don't sound particularly impressed by this, is if, if this is the result of, a, <laughs> of uh, a two-year strategic review, because we are you know, nowhere near 2%. It doesn't sound like we're going to get there any anytime soon. So does it really change? Well, what it's doing is, you know, monetary policy, you know, doesn't always have the stimulatory impact straight away. And I think the Fed Mm. would be the first to admit, Phil, that uh, if businesses right now are not of a mind to invest or or households, householders to borrow, although that does seem to be happening for housing, but, 
in the US, um, then, uh, you know, low rates uh, certainly helps cash flow for borrowers, but does not necessarily induce new investment. But as things start to move, then it helps to propel it along. So I think that, that that's the aim there. And of course, this is a long game. So yeah. it's just going to take time to uh, eat into all that spare capacity right yeah. now. Yeah. So obviously the, the aim now is to try and get employment back, uh, back up to, back up to full employment. I mean, it's been very low, of course. I mean, it's been down up to full employment. It's yes. been three and a half percent, of course. But, uh, you know, after, yes. after COVID getting it back up there, but also structurally as well. So he did talk about the, uh, the need for, uh, to, to resolve inequality, saying that the maximum employment goal is a broad-based and inclusive mm. one. I just wonder how yes. much a, a central bank's going to do that with, with low interest rates. I mean, you could argue actually the opposite is going to happen because low interest rates are going to uh, encourage speculative investment. So well, it's, it's, it's uh, financiers who are going to invest in equities, for example. Yes, but if, um, and that's part of the transmission mechanism, isn't it, that uh, asset prices yeah. rise and more investment in as in creating real assets, employment and so forth. So, you know, as the unemployment rate in the US went down, you know, below five and then below four, certainly the black and Hispanic unemployment rates really did start to come down. So yeah. that, that's, that's what they would refer to. Um, so it would be nice to be, have it all tilted and immediate to that, but uh, it just takes time. So the market response, as I was saying, has been high yields and actually uh, a, a, a steepening yield curve as well. Yes. So it seems like it was, a, even though it wasn't a surprise, it was a, a, a in, encouraging signs from the markets on this. I think so. I think the market would have expected that the major reaction, Phil, would be in the bond market. As you were saying before, currencies have been a little bit all, all over the place today. Um, mm. But certainly um, you would expect that longer-term rates would tend to tilt higher than that short-term rates would be steady to lower. Now, already short-term rates are fixated near close to zero because the Fed is doing nothing for several years, and that's what the market is priced in. But longer term, if you think that there's going to be an inflation overshoot for a while, then that would tend to see longer-term yields go up. So we saw the twos, tens steepen up about five basis points and the 530s up about eight basis points, which is pretty much what you'd expect. So I think the Fed would be reasonably happy with that. I mean, it's only the initial reaction, but that's the sort of reaction that they would be uh, they would be seeking. And you've got you know five year forward, five year inflation swaps trading at just over two percent, about you know where they want their longer term objective to be. And I'm sure the uh, low interest rates right now have got a lot to do with this housing uh, boom that we're seeing in the market markets in the United States right now. Uh, we talked about new home sales a, a couple of days back. Overnight, we've got pending home sales. July up 5.9% month on month. Uh, that's on top of a revised 15.8% growth in June month on month. So feels like boom times, doesn't it? We are seeing quite a few positive indicators out of the United States, even though their, their, their infection numbers are quite high. And yet in Australia, with very low in, infection rate, no strong indicators. Like, for example, private CapEx for Q2. It was Q2, so it's, it's going back a bit. But out yesterday from the ABS, down 5.9%, not as bad as expected, but still way down, 11.5% mm. down mm. year on year. Uh, and in fact, quite a bit more than that, yes. if you focus on equipment, planting, plant and machinery and, yes. uh, and take uh, uh, premises out of the equation. Yes, well, certainly um, there's absolutely no doubt that, uh, you know, in the, remember that these are Q2 figures. So these are really picking up the midst of the initial lockdown effect. So it's sort of like the shock value when the pandemic hit the global economy 
Yeah. Uh, and the reaction of businesses is just any discretionary spending, just chop it straight away. Uh, let's just delay it. So it's, it's exactly, unfortunately, what you would expect, isn't it? So, um, you know, that, that's the sort of effect we've seen really globally. And um, So because but, the bigger question is what happens in Q3, isn't it, in that case? Yeah. Does it, it, Q, is Q3 it just- and beyond, indeed, yeah. indeed. So there will be some, uh, some of it, you know, you, you can delay, but some of the more um, essential, you know, capital expenditure, you have to do that. And one sector of the Australian economy that's actually continued to do pretty well is the mining industry. So, of course, China has come out of it earlier and uh, they've ramped up spending. So iron ore price is still punching in around that 115 to $120 mark. So we actually did see that mining capex was actually up. So um, that's one sector of the economy, of course, uh, and helping to support the WA property market where uh, starting to show more positive light over there as well, Phil. I wonder whether a lesson can be learned from the United States on the need for, for fiscal stimulus, though. If we look at those jobless numbers, still over one million for the uh, uh, mm. new, jo- uh, new jobless claims for the week ending the 22nd of August. Continuing claims from the week yes. before. Damn, but not much. Still at 14 and a half, 14 and a no. half million. Uh, and, you know, there was the argument, wasn't that people, some people were signing on just for the, the fact they were getting that bonus $600 per week. But clearly not. They're, they're struggling to find a job and they need, you know, what they what they can get, basically, in terms of uh, Yes, support. well, uh, yes, that's, yeah, that's right. So as the $600 became either $300 for most people, nothing, yeah. um, um what do people do then? They, they cut back on their spending. So fear was that will show up in, in lower spending numbers um, until we get more clarity on whether there'll be another fiscal package. So we're not going to find out for a little while about that. Um, we do get the personal income and spending numbers tonight, but that's for July. So I'd expect that might be interesting to see whether that reflects any of the, you know, because of the fiscal package has been negotiated mm. without success. So whether, whether it picks up any of that flavour, but yeah. Well, um, what's fourteen and a half? Yes, obviously, what's fourteen and a half million times six hundred. It's a big <laughs> number. Uh, it is a big number. It is a big number, of course, but exceptional times. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to use that um, word that starts with you. That's been over overused, perhaps. What word's that? Unprecedented. There you are. Got you to use it. Um, <laughs> what else is going on? Well, uh, the I guess the, the there is some good news. There's uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, news that Moderna, the pharmaceutical firm, uh, yes. is releasing encouraging results from its phase one vaccine trials, uh, but even though its share price is down 4% today, although to give it some context, yes. it's up 200% since April. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and also Abbott Labs have uh, been given emergency authorization for COVID-19 tests, which they reckon uh, can give results in 15 minutes and only cost $5. And there's going to be 50 million of them by October. And Donald right. Trump uh, reportedly has already bought all of them. So uh, well, Handy um, for testing, the, testing, yeah, tracking, that, and tracing. That's what it's. That is what's going to see us through all of this, isn't I, it? I, I think that will be a big benefit if we get that. You know, where people can get the results of tests very quickly. I mean, you can imagine how that would be helpful in airports. Except that, you know, apparently, if you do get the virus, you know, it takes 
what a couple of days before it becomes mm. present in tests. But you can you can see how those sorts of tests would be very very yeah. helpful. And what about Europe? Uh, it looks like confidence might be coming back. Business confidence for France has risen to ninety three from eighty two in a month, even with the rising COVID nineteen yes. numbers. And uh, of course, we get the, the confidence numbers yes. for for all of Europe tomorrow. So maybe they'll yes. reflect a similar story. Yeah, we we saw earlier in the week how the German IFO survey was not quite as unsettling as the uh, the PMIs and a similar read-through uh, with the French uh, INSEE business survey today, Phil, as you say. So suggesting still got recovery taking place there. I think the challenges now for France, you know, you're starting to get infection rates rising uh, as, as we have been, as there has been in Spain. Uh, to date, that hasn't showed up in the uh, mortality numbers, but Nevertheless, it's mm. enough, and you know France is now saying, "Well, if you're going outside, you have to wear a mask. There's there's no no choice about it." So um, it's just uh, starting to become more prominent again. But yeah. certainly, to to August, things were beginning to were continuing to improve. Well, it is the big question, is it? How far can economies recover and function? with us taking measures like masks and lots of testing without having to resort to, yes. to a full lockdown. And maybe Europe will provide some uh, an interesting case study on that. You mentioned the core PC deflator. It's out later on, the, the inflation measure that yes. the Fed swears by, of course. Uh, I'm going to stick my neck, neck out and say it's going to be nowhere near the uh, their flexible 2% target. <laughs> I think I'm fairly safe on that. And uh, Andrew Bailey from the Bank of England, he's going to be talking at Jackson Hole as well, virtually speaking. So uh, uh, lots still to watch from, uh, well, not even from that part of the world, from all over the world, Indeed. but central bankers out in force. Yes, and we'll be uh, we'll be listening virtually again. Yeah, all right. Well, and so you have a good weekend, a, a real weekend. Have a good real weekend when you get around to it. Thanks, good on Dave. You, Phil. Cheers. And that's it. The morning call for this Friday morning. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again on Monday morning. See you then. <laughs>